I can only go to specific people who take my insurance or else it's gonna cost an arm and a leg. I ended up going to one who was close to my job, told him, oh, I was recently diagnosed with PCOS. He walked outside, took out some generic ass birth control and then was like, take this and you'll be fine and watch what you eat. It was so frustrating. I'm already like scared. You have these symptoms and then they're telling you, oh, like I can cause diabetes and uterine cancer. And I walked out of that doctor's office feeling so defeated. Hey guys, it's Mandy B back with another episode of Period Sis brought to you by none other than the official box owner. Super excited for the conversation today as we have had many conversations regarding PCOS. However, one of the things that I picked up most about all of these conversations with all of these wonderful women on this platform is that not one experience is like the other. And so guys, I'm super excited to share yet another tale of womanhood for women by women. Hello guys, and I want to introduce you to this week's guest. We have Cash Arroyo, who is a PCOS and cannabis enthusiast. Hello Cash, I'm super excited uh, for this conversation because I've seen you write me plenty of times on social media, but also I know that you're in the world of just connecting with so many other women. I know you're fr- Carla for you guys who just heard that episode. Yeah. I know you know her. So I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. And so as you guys heard, we're going to have the conversation surrounding your journey with PCOS. Um, and I love your email is even like that girl with PCOS. <laughs> so you, you walk in your truth and I want to kind of start again with your journey. So let's go all the way back to where it all began, I guess, yeah, okay. um, or, or what was alarming to get you to your diagnosis. So okay. let's start there. Okay, perfect. So hi, thank you for having me on your platform. Super excited. Um, so I started noticing symptoms when I was like close to 18. And I live in a Caribbean household. So sex and just things of that nature are not spoken. Like if you even speak about sex or your period, it's a whole ordeal, so I struggled alone. I was dealing with my period for two years. I had a period at least 21 days out of the month, every single month. Wait, and you only had about a week. a week to a week and a half without a period. Without a period. Now, now can I ask you as well, just, just to provide context, when you say you had a period for 21 days, did that include spotting or was it full-blown, full-blown. period? Okay. Um, it was, I was literally going through tampons and pads. At first it started off slowly. Of course it was like the first year it was like lots of spotting. And then it was like heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where it was so heavy. It was like, you know, your second or third day of your period for 21 days. I was going through tampons and pads like clockwork. And, you know, I didn't really know much about blood or how much blood your body keeps at that point. So I was like, I got to be dying because this is not (laughs) normal. (laughs) Like, I got to be dying. So I I struggled with it for a really long time because I was embarrassed to tell anybody to go to a doctor. Like, how do you explain this? Like, obviously, I'm broken or maybe this is normal. 
So one day I went to a doctor around the corner from my house. I literally walked there. That's how close he was. And I was like, hey, you know, I have um, lots of period. And so he was, at that time, it was over 10 years ago. So at that time, PCOS wasn't really something that was talked about. It wasn't researched enough. This doctor had no idea. Like he knew kind of something, but he didn't really know how to explain it to a 17, 18 year old. So he basically told me at that time, hey, when you ovulate, most women, they form a crystal ball. It's like a little pearl. He said, but you, you form a necklace. And I was like, um, okay. Like, I don't know what that, that means. That was an interesting way to put it. Okay. Yes. I'll yeah. never forget that. How, how did he break that down then? Like, and break that down to, to someone listening. <laughs> he was just like, okay, so women ovulate. They form, they form a, a pearl ball. I guess that's basically normal. It's, it's how... It lets you know, like, you're ovulating correctly. You're dropping this ball every month. It's letting you know you can have kids. You can get pregnant. But I'm ovulating a necklace, which means something is going on in my system to where I'm not able to basically do normal things, have a normal period, get pregnant. And he looked at me and said, you're not going to be able to get pregnant unless you see a doctor later on in life. And at that time, I was like, I really don't care because I don't want kids. What the hell? I'm 17, 18 years old. So I was like, okay, he, that's all the information he gave me. He said, here's some birth control. Have a good day. I, sorry, my dog is barking. My mailman is is here. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he gave me birth control and was like, have a good day. So I was like, okay, I took the birth control and it regulated my period, but I only took the birth control for two days. Because when I tell you, I was throwing up like it was nobody's business. And I was like, I don't give a damn if I have my period for 21 days. This I'm not about to be throwing up every day. So today, right. it took two days. My period basically went back to normal, which for a lot of people that works. But for a lot of people, that also doesn't work for everyone. So I started going on through life with this regular period now. However, um, it wasn't until I was 24... 25 years old where my body started to change um I've always been I was always a very slim girl the most I had ever weighed was 150 I had a four pack I had a big butt I was I was out here you know I was in the street I was outside (laughs) but one day my um my weight started to fluctuate I was gaining dropping gaining but still didn't think anything of it because like not to toot my own horn, I've always been very body positive and I've always been very confident. Even at my highest of 200 pounds, you can't right. tell me nothing about myself. Right. So that really wasn't like an alarming flag. What really got me was I started to get a lot of acne. And I was like, where's this acne coming from? So I stopped eating chicken. I stopped eating red meat. I started going to the gym. I started drinking water. No, it didn't help. It just kept coming. And then it just got worse. My entire face, left side, right side, underneath my chin, on top of my forehead, my nose covered in acne, cystic acne too. So wow. it wasn't like it wasn't like I could just pop my acne and like no, it was like bumps coming out of my face and it was so painful. Now can I ask you real quick, between the age of eighteen and twenty four, you said you took the birth control pills twice. Mm-hmm. Between uh, oh, between these six years. Was there any other medication provided or did you go to the doctor at all regarding Mm -hmm. what that doctor had told you? No, um, because he kind of scared me. (laughs) He was like, you're never going to be able to have kids again. I didn't want kids. I still don't want children. But 
at that point, I was like, damn, I'm broken. I don't, and you don't even know what's going on. You're just telling me about a pearl necklace. You're not explaining this to me. You're giving me birth control. So I'm not going to go back. And I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't, okay. I didn't even go for a pap smear. Okay. For years, I did not go get a pap smear. I didn't get tested. I mean, I got, I went and got tested for like STDs and stuff, but like pap smears, like the full blown. No, I never, because why, like, why not? You were that you were just that scared to, for the result? I, yo, doctors did not do a good job back in the day. They put more fear in my heart than anything. I was like, I'm gonna go there, they're gonna tell me I'm dying tomorrow. So I just oh, never wow. went. Okay. So it took for me to get acne for me to be like, something is wrong with me and I need to go find help. Right. And so at that point too, my depression hit, my I was insecure. From someone going their whole life feeling like the baddest bitch to all of a sudden like covering your face you don't want to go out you cancel plans it took an extreme hit on who I was as a person so I was like I need to google my symptoms and that's exactly what I did I was like um I have acne on my face I'm gaining not WebMD he was like we got you sis no 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 if you are scared of a doctor telling you you're gonna die (laughs) that's what WebMD does like literally for whatever reason it doesn't matter what symptom you have. You either are pregnant or have HIV. Like, honestly, or cancer. It's it's pregnancy, well, you HIV, already. and cancer. So I stay away from Googling symptoms. <laughs> Yo, it worked in my favor, though. It told me I okay. died a week before. But, you know, I was still here. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got acne. I'm gaining weight. I'm depressed. Um mood swings i was putting all this stuff in and boom it popped up it said polycystic ovarian syndrome so i was like all right let me read this and immediately i started reading it and i was like that's me i know i felt it in my bones i was like i know that's what i got so i went to i I made an appointment i went to go see a doctor and he did a whole pap smear he's like have you ever done this before i was like 24 25 wow no He's like, you never got a pap smear before. I was like, no. He was like, are you comfortable with a man or a woman? I was like, I don't care. Just go do what you got to do. So he looked He looked me up. He was like, you look perfectly fine. He was like, um, but I did feel something when I put my fingers because he put his whole fingers in my shit. And I was like, is that normal? <laughs> like, whoa, can you take me on dinner first? But he was like, he stuck his fingers inside of me after he took the tools out or whatever. He was like, I feel something in there. He's like, so I'm going to send you to get an ultrasound. And so I was like, okay, well, I feel like I have PCOS. And he was like, okay, why, why do you think that? And I was like, well, I, I Googled it. And he started laughing. So he was like, okay, well, I can't really tell you if you have PCOS, but I am going to tell you that from your levels, they are kind of high. So I'm going to send you to an endocrinologist. So okay. I was like, okay. So um, I went to an ultrasound first so they could see what it was that he felt which then turned out to be cyst. I had ovarian cysts, and I guess, I don't know okay. if I had like a big one or something, but it was so low that he could feel it. Wow. And I was like, okay, I went, but the, the doctors were like, you don't need to worry about your cyst. They're going to rupture off. They never tell you how painful that shit is. And literally- Wait, like wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So your, your cyst was so low that he could feel it. Yeah. And he said that they will rupture because, of course, if you guys have not yet, I did an episode with Kiki who did have PCOS and it ruptured and she had to get it removed. Like it was it was a whole thing. And so he just said they would rupture off. What 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 is that? Like they just poof. 
poof, like they would but poof. he doesn't he doesn't tell you how painful it is. He just says they'll rupture and they'll be gone. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, one day I was at work and I was working at racetrack at the gas station this time and I was cleaning a Froyo machine in the back by myself. So nobody could see me, nobody can hear me, nothing. And I just passed out. What I grabbed the chair because I felt a cramp and I don't get cramps. I'm 30 years old and I still don't get cramps. Right. But at that moment, I felt like something kicked me in my in my whole bottom half. So I grabbed the chair and I dropped. And I just woke up to my manager standing over me like, yo, are you okay? And I was like, I need to go to the hospital right now. And so I, my, my man at the time came and picked me up. We went to the hospital. They did the ultrasound and they were like, your cyst ruptured. And then I was like, okay. And they were like, well, there's nothing that we can really do. You kind of just have to let it take its course. <laughs> oh, they really hate women. <laughs> I'm, hate sorry. Women I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay? But, but they just also hate women. What do you mean there's nothing for them to do and you just have to let it run its course? What? Here's some ibuprofen, babe. <laughs> yeah, sure. We just sawed your leg off. Here's some ibuprofen. Like that's how they were. Like so nonchalant, and I'm over here like dying. I'm inside. Wow. Okay. So the the, the cyst ruptures. Mm-hmm. At what point? What did you do next? You you knew that you had cysts. Um, was this only one cyst? Did you have multiple? Like because so, he said he only felt one. So what? Mm-hmm. I had multiple. Talk to me. I have at least four or okay. five cysts in my ovaries. Um, but they were like, they, that they're not cancerous. They're not like anything that I need to worry about. They will rupture some, you might feel it, you might not. And that's really it. That's all they could do for me. Take some ibuprofen if you feel like cramping. So I was like, okay. So that night after I went to the hospital, they were like, you know, it ruptured. You just have to let it take its course. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So I never went back again because to me, it's going to rupture. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm not going to keep coming up here. Girl, I have $30,000 in hospital bills out here in the world because of PCOS. Girl, they're not getting paid, so that's all right with me. But <laughs> So wait, r- wait real quick. Is this because you work for yourself and are uninsured, or does your insurance not cover? It doesn't cover it. From when I did have insurance, it didn't cover a lot of the stuff, like my ultrasounds, the specialist doctors. It would cover just, like, the copay. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh-huh. Wow. So I'm so young, I don't know anything, nobody. And at this time too, like I don't really have family cause I'm a runaway. I don't have like family that I can call or speak to about this issue. So I'm like learning everything as I go. Okay. So I'm not really understanding anything that they're telling me. I'm just researching everything that they're telling me. Okay, this is what you said. Well, let me go look this up and see if this makes sense. Let me see if somebody on YouTube is talking about it. That was my whole life. So. Wow. After it ruptured, basically, for a couple years like that, I just was like, well, I have cysts. But um, I recently went and got checked again at this OB, and I don't have any more cysts. They're gone. I don't know where they went, but they're all gone. However, so when I had the cystic acne and I went into the endocrinologist, he did a, a blood panel on me. And he before he came back, he was like, what makes you think that you have PCOS? And I was like, well, I Googled it. And he kind of like chuckled, <laughs> like, bitch, <laughs> like, okay. So I was like, I have all the symptoms. Like, it just makes sense. I know in my heart that it's PCOS. So he did the panel. I came back a week later. He goes, well, you have PCOS. And I was like, really? Mm, you don't say. And he was like, um, your androgen levels are like triple the amount that they should be. 
I don't even remember like what they should be. I don't know if they should be like the twenties. I was at the nineties. Wow. He was like, your androgen levels are through the roof, which is probably why you are dealing with all of these symptoms so harshly. Okay. And I was like, okay, what now? And he was like, you need to take metformin. Okay. And you're making a face. So metformin is what and what is it supposed to regulate? So metformin can be used for several things. It can help with um, your period. It can help regulate it to a sense. It can help with your hormone imbalance and it can help you get pregnant. So that's all I knew. That's all he said. He said those things and he said pregnant and I said, I'm good. And he was like, you don't want to get pregnant? No, sir. And he tried to tell me that I wanted to get pregnant. He tried to tell me. Now, let me ask you. Let me ask you because with PCOS and with, you know, a 21-day period and everything that you had been dealing with, I know that infertility is one of the things um, that comes with PCOS. So even though you were on this medication, were your odds still not against you? Like, did it really change the probability of getting pregnant that much to get on this this metamorphin? <laughs> metamorphin. Did I say it right? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know Girl, I'm done. All right, this conversation is over. <laughs> no, listen, y'all know I be trying my best I to know, say bitch. these medical terms. Metamorphin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to make a laugh about it. <laughs> but, okay, so you said you didn't want to take it just yeah. because it, it helped with pregnancy. I am infertile. That is one of okay. my symptoms. I cannot have children. Um, people say, don't say that, bitch. I can't. The fuck? I, my man does not pull out. He's never pulled out. Like, we've been doing this for three years. Um, before I dated him, I was in another long-term relationship. He ain't never pulled out. I ain't never get pregnant with him. Before him, I was with someone else. He ain't never pulled out. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> I think if I was going to get pregnant, it would have came already. So when I went to see okay. him, I think I was like 25. And he was like, I'm going to give you metformin. You got to go fill it. And he was like, it's going to help with your hormone balance. It's going to put everything back into perspective. It's going to you know, help you. So I was like, it could get me pregnant, though? I was like, I don't know if I want that though. And then he tried to tell me like, you're just saying you don't want kids. You're going to change your mind later. And I was like, first off, you don't know me. A doctor was telling you Yes, this? girl. You, these men think they know us. <laughs> <laughs> these men, I swear to God. I was like, I don't want kids. I'm, I'm okay. So I was, it was sat in my car for weeks, Mandy. This, this prescription sat in my car for weeks. And I was so tired one day. I was depressed. I got in my car and I said, you know what? I'm going to go fill it and I'm going to just try it. If I get pregnant, what's the worst that could happen? A baby. Right. (laughs) So I'm driving to CVS, windows down, blasting music. I'm just chilling. And the paper flies out of the car. It literally just flew out of the car. And I was like, no. And I'm watching it in the review just. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, that's a sign from somebody to not even feel that. So there was no way for me to go back to get it. It was gone. So I just took it as a sign, like, don't feel it. So I didn't end up feeling it. And then um, I was still struggling with with everything, all the symptoms. I suffered with hirsutism, which is facial hair. Um, I still have that. I suffered with severe acne. I suffered with weight gain. I suffered with mood swings, um, depression. 
I suffered with insomnia. Oh, insomnia was so bad. I literally did not sleep. Like, <clears throat> I would wow. probably doze off. For all, like, all of this from PCOS? All of this. It's a clusterfuck. It's literally a clusterfuck. Wow. And like you said in the beginning of this, it's different for everybody because I've had a conversation with Janae Aiko, who also has PCOS. And if you're looking right. at this beautiful icon, you would never think she got PCOS. Perfect skin. She's flawless. She's so skinny. She's so beautiful. PCOS where? But she suffers with PCOS. So wow. it's like, you never know who is dealing with these issues because it looks different for so many people. And for me, it was very visible. I had hair. I had acne. I was gaining weight. I was mad at the world. And... My insomnia is what really kicked it into gear for me, which is when I really started to find some kind of help for myself. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was working two or three jobs at this point. I would come home at three o'clock in the morning and I would try to shower and doze off. And I would be up just staring at the wall. I would be crying because I just wanted to sleep, but it was impossible. So my friends at this time, huge smokers, all they did was smoke all day, every day. They came to my house and smoked all day. But for years, for 10 plus years, my brother has been smoking my whole life and they would always try to pass it to me. And I'm not, I, peer pressure, I don't, that's, please. I would be like, I'm good. Right. I don't need to smoke. Like, if I don't, if I want to do it, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. So a company hit me up on Instagram and was like, hey, can we like pay you to promote our like edibles? We're in the same city. Like, it would just really help us to like blow us up, whatever. So I was like, sure. So they gave me all of these fancy edibles and I just gave them to my brother and my best friend. And I said, taste them. Let me know if they're good. And I'll write a review online for these people. So they were like, yo, these were so good. You should try it. And I was like, no. And they kept trying and trying. So I went and did some research about edibles and how it affects your body. Um, so I was like, okay, this helps with sleep. So I waited till everybody. Girl, left. I was about to tell you. Them things knock me out cold, baby. Girl. If I'm one of those, like, I don't really have insomnia, but my mind just never stops running. Mm -hmm. So I find it so hard when I lay in bed to just shut my brain off. And so I'll do, like, shrooms during the day, and I do, like, edibles at night if I want to, like, knock out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to where you're going with this conversation because though none of the medicine has really worked for mm -hmm. For one of your symptoms, edibles and, and THC, weed, CBD, whatever is involved in, whatever the components are, and that has helped you. Oh, yeah. Tremendously. Okay. So talk about it. So um, I waited till everybody left because, you know, I smoked, I think, in high school. And, girl, I was hallucinating. So I was like, if I'm going to take this edible, I want to make sure that I, I can fall asleep and I don't want right. no distraction. So I took a tiny little piece and... I said a prayer, girl. I was scared. I said a little prayer. I said, God, don't kill me now. I know it's the devil's lettuce. So I get in the bed. I take this edible, and I'm just like, please fall asleep. Please fall asleep, because I don't want it to hit me and me be awake, because then I'm going to be fucked. So right. I doze off. What a miracle. And I wake up the next day, girl, and it's like brightest shit outside. I look at the clock. It's 2 o'clock. And I was like, yo, did I just sleep the whole damn day? I was like... There's no way. There's no way. I woke up really groggy. I was like, oh, my God. I feel like I got hit by a pickup truck. But just seeing the sun, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this again. <laughs> so I did it again. I started doing it. I started taking edibles three times a week um, because okay. I started to notice that, like, if I took it on Monday, 
when I, if I took it Monday, I would go to sleep Monday night and then Tuesday I could still kind of feel the grogginess and it would help me still go back to sleep. So I would have to take okay. it Tuesday night, but then I would have to take it Wednesday because I slept it off Tuesday and then it would just keep going. So I had like a little cycle that I did. Wow. And I think I only did it for maybe a month or two and my sleep came back. Insomnia, no more. I literally slept through the night and I'm still sleeping through the night. So, um, I started to notice that after sleeping and getting all this amount of sleep that my face started to clear up and I was like, ain't no way, ain't no way, boy. I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I said, holy shit. I was like, my acne is subsiding. I I mean, but insomnia brings stress and stress does bring acne and so many other things in our bodies that like just come out to the surface and it just lets everyone know we ain't we're going through it right now okay like (laughs) our acne tells people if we're on our periods if we're stressed if we're moody Mm -hmm. it just you know it tells on us so then let's get into you now can sleep you're losing the acne you've decided I fucking hate going to doctors because every time I go they tell me some bullshit Mm -hmm. so you become now someone who wants to share your journey. Mm-hmm. You want to advocate for other women with PCOS. Can we talk about what that looks like and what led you to really sharing your story uh, to the public? So like I said in the beginning, I've always been a very confident person. Um, I love myself. I mean, <laughs> I'm very conceited in a sense. Like I just love, <laughs> I love me, bitch. The fuck? So I wasn't posting myself as much. Like people were messaging me and they were asking and I was like, damn, y'all be paying attention to me. I was working at the clubs in downtown Orlando and I would put my hair down. I have really curly hair. So I would try to cover like the worst side of my face with my hair like this. Mm. And I started dating this guy. Will, if you're out there, hit me up. I don't know what happened to this man. He was (laughs) literally a little angel. He came into my life and I had never seen him before. He came, he would always sit down on Sundays with me at Native or whatever. And we would, we would chill, we would talk and he would get to know me and I would be like, you're mad annoying. And so he's like, let me take you on a date. So we went on a date. And one day I was just sitting there like, okay. And he said to me, you know that I can see you, right? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he was like, I can see the acne on your face. Like, you don't have to cover your face like that. I can see you. And it doesn't bother me. Wow. And I was like, what? Stop, because I'm going to cry. So he was like, no, for real, like. I, I know you have he, acne. He saw, he saw with your hand gestures and your hair that you were trying to cover, that yeah. you were trying to cover your face. And he was like, you don't need to do that. I see you all the time. Like, I know you have acne. He was like, listen, people are going to love you regardless. If they love you for you, they're going to love you. Acne isn't going to change how someone feels about you. He's right. like, and I need you to know that. I knew that you had acne before I asked you on this date. He was like, so just put your put your hair up in a ponytail and put your hands down. He literally made me put my hair up. So I said, okay. So I put my hair up and I was uncomfortable for like the first five minutes, but then it just kind of made me feel better. Like, okay. So then I was like, you know, I'm going to tell social media what's happening. So I got on Instagram and I posted like a, a face video and I said, I have PCOS and I've been struggling. Girl, <clears throat> 20,000 people. I don't even got 20,000 followers at that time. I think I had like 10,000, 20,000 <laughs> people watch that video. People were commenting wow. telling me they had PCOS. People were telling me like just so much stuff that I couldn't believe that other people were dealing with this. 
and it was an eye opener to like who I was. Like I've been trying to like hide and hold out on myself, but I literally can be like that life for other people. People were like thanking me for coming out because they're too scared to do it. Wow. So I was like, okay. So I kept posting about my face and I would talk about how it made me feel. And yo, it was just so like much love that I started researching. I started comparing, contrasting, learning about um, how it affects black women, how it affects Caribbean women, how it affects white women. Why does it affect us? Is it in the water? Like what is going on? Is it hereditary? And it just, I took off. I just took off. And ever since then, now I just can't stop talking about it. I can't stop talking about weed. Like, I have to tell people, even if I see somebody at the gym who has acne, I'd be like, yo, you do edibles? (laughs) (laughs) Not you you out here saying that edibles cure acne. Oh, my God. I'm weak. I'm weak. Well, before we get out of here, there's two things. I would like to know. What is one of the most shocking stats uh, that you found out about PCOS in your research, whether how it affects women of color, whether uh, the age range that most people are diagnosed? What is one of the most, um, you, you know, interesting facts that you that you actually like to share with people? Over 50 percent of uh, people, I don't like to say women now, but over 50 percent of people who struggle or have PCOS don't know it. Because they are too ashamed to go to a doctor, too scared to go to a doctor, or a doctor has done something to them to make them feel like they shouldn't go to a doctor. Which is why I'm so loud about it on social media, especially to men, because you might be Mm. dating somebody right now who is suffering with acne, hirsutism, which is facial hair anywhere on the face, depression, crazy mood swings, horrible periods, uh, long periods, short periods. These are all symptoms of PCOS and your significant other could be dealing with it and they don't know it and they're not getting the proper help and treatment that they could be getting because they're ashamed, they're shameful, they're scared of what people are going to think or a doctor has done something. And if you're listening to this, please, please, please get help for them. Uh, show them statistics, show them my, my social media, whatever you can to get them to go seek professional help because it is going to put things in perspective for them and it'll help them live a healthier, happier lifestyle. Um, I also learned that um, it's about one in five, it's probably getting like a lot worse now, like one in 10 women suffer with PCOS, but a majority of the people who suffer with PCOS are women of color. And Mm. it's because the same issue, they don't want to go to a doctor for it because you doctors, you know who you are, I gotta (laughs) tell you, but (laughs) you clear people don't make it easy for Caribbean people or people of color. Instead, um, you feed us birth control and tell us to have a good day. Um, Women of color need more than that. They need more than birth control. They need resources. They need groups. They need people to speak to, and they need other people that they can rely on and lean on. Um, and that's why we also need more women of color and more men of color in the in these jobs and these doctors' 100%. offices. Because if we keep going into doctors' offices with people who don't care about us, we're never going to get the help that we need. One hundred percent. Well, Cash, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Let everyone know where they can find you on socials, 
um, and anywhere else on the World Wide Web. And of course, that information will be in the description of this episode. Yes, you guys can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Cash Arroyo, A-R-R-O-Y-O. Um, I also have a business as well called Sleepy Sis. You guys are more than welcome to check both of those out. And I always, always write back in my DMs. So make sure that you write me, let me know what's going on, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Awesome. And guys, stay tuned. I am going to leave you off with some stats and facts and some promo codes for some Black-owned, women-owned businesses right after this. Cash, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. What another amazing conversation on PCOS. I don't think I'll ever get sick of hearing the different journeys and the different way in which PCOS really affects women, especially being that it is one of the most common causes of female infertility, affecting 6 to 12% and as many as 5 million of the U.S. women um, who are within reproductive age. I just want to thank all of you guys as well for just always tuning in. You know, the stories aren't long, but they're definitely filled with gems and they're filled with so much truth and bravery. And I'm just super excited to have this platform to be able to share these stories and hopefully um, really change some lives out there. That's why I do this. I, I, I found a love of really just exploring and seeing what it is that we as women go through. I mean, there's already enough with societal demands, but to know that we're all battling these things a lot of times in silence. Um, again, I'm just really grateful to have this platform. So I also want to thank everyone out there who supports and constantly listens to Period Sis Podcast and has also visited our website, Official Box Owner. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Official Box Owner. And if you haven't yet signed up for our mailing list, I just want to thank all of you who continue to support me and my ventures. And again, I just really, really want to thank you. Make sure you guys, you know, continue to tune in. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Guys, until next week, signing out. Bye. Bye.